Hello, and welcome to this season of the Feminist Voices podcast. My name is Bailey, and I am one of the 2019-2020 Feminist Narratives Coordinators. This season, the 2018-2019 Feminist Narratives Coordinators sat down with different student leaders to discuss the topic of race in the feminist community at Stanford. For our second episode, Raleigh sat down with Kimiko, a student involved in the Stanford Asian American Activism Committee and the Students for the Liberation of All People. We hope you enjoy. So um, if you could just start by saying your name, your pronouns if you're comfortable, and what feminist community, if any, that you're involved in, or like mm. your general involvement in Stanford. Okay, um, my name is Kimiko, I use she her pronouns, um, and I think I find my communities in a couple of different places. Um, organizationally, I'm a part of SLAP, which is Students for Liberation of All People. I don't think we're inherently feminist necessarily, but we're, I think, feminist in the way that we operate. I also do work with uh, Stanford Asian American Activism Committee. I've done a lot of work previously in like the ASSU doing student government stuff. I feel like I've been able to be in a lot of different spaces that are, I think, some like super institutional and like pretty, I don't know, moderate and I think without being inherently feminist, sometimes cross those lines of like, you know, messiness. Um, but, and then in others that are like very like women and like femme identifying and affirming. Um, so it's been interesting. Going off of kind of what you were saying mm-hmm. about how they're not inherently feminist, what mm-hmm. do you think makes it feminist in any way? Mm-hmm. Or like, how do you, how have you sort of defined feminism for yourself in the time that you've Oh, well, funny that you catch me in this current moment, because I'm, I'm in intro to FemGen right now, <laughs> um, and I feel like I've learned so much. I've j- There's just been tons of feminist work that I haven't been exposed to before, so it's been very interesting to actually understand like feminist and queer theories behind a lot of the things that I either see playing out in life or like have historically analyzed, but without that lens before. I think in my day-to-day life, and like how an organization can be feminist. A lot of it, I think, is an intentional like centering of like people of color and like women of color. So like, as I was like referencing SLAP, I think we do that pretty well, just in the sense that we're kind of a anti-capitalist and like very radical organization. We're really trying to embody what we want the world to look like. And so we really try to like acknowledge the power structures both along like class and gender um, and racial lines. It's been a very affirming space, I think, for me, like as a woman of color and other people, and especially like gender non-conforming and queer people. But I, I would argue that like, I've found a lot of niche spaces that are like that on campus, and it's not necessarily all of campus. Like I, I do walk into some spaces on occasion that aren't, you know, necessarily my people. And I remember like, oh, there are people who still don't feel comfortable like using they, them pronouns for people or like aren't uh, comfortable or like don't know how to like make room for other people's voices. Like I see that in class sometimes and I'm just like, oh, okay. Like we have some catching up to do all together, like still. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And so 
how do you think you kind of touched on it a little bit but mm-hmm. how generally do you think that race affects the feminist activism that you participate in at Stanford I don't know if I've been in a space where we're intentionally discussing or coming from being like women of color and being like and this is our fight and this is what we're doing like I'm thinking about like the work that I've done for either like survivors of sexual assault like relationship violence and things and so much of that work I think brings together a diverse array of people although I don't know if the work has necessarily been defined by race or shaped by race in ways that are like obvious to me I don't know if you have more probing questions, but, like, I can't think of any particular thing at the moment. Yeah. How do you think that you would describe racial dynamics among feminist communities at Stanford? Mm. Or, like, the ways that your orgs maybe intersect with other orgs? Or, Mm. like, how people's identities kind of shape the intersections when Mm. you collaborate or work together? Mm -hmm. I think we're, like, living in a time... Or maybe it's just our, both the current climate, but also the types of like organizations and spaces that I find myself in are like really cognizant of identity and of like intersectionality. And like, that's such a buzzword at this point, but like does carry real weight. And so I think for like some organizations I've been a part of, that means like being really real about like bringing your full self and also but like recognizing that you can only do that if you're creating spaces where people feel comfortable and so I think some of that work has been like in acknowledging like a lot of us are coming from like wealthy backgrounds and there's very few of us who are coming from like low-income backgrounds and like being able to recognize like and maybe that means we don't split the bill evenly. Maybe that means like we actually acknowledge those class differences instead of everyone pretending to be college broke or whatever. Um, and like creating like a fund and being like, why can't like we can support each other if we're just going to be real about like who we actually are. So that's been really special to see. And I think like along like racial lines as well, it's just an acknowledgement that like we're coming from different places of trauma and like have to and like and places of resilience too and so being willing to like be open to sharing that and kind of for me like I think a lot of our resistance comes from that and comes from I don't know I come from a mom who comes from a mom who comes from another mom who have all been badasses and like have all really I don't know like both fended from for survival and also like done it not just for themselves but like for me and like for like their whole family for their whole community and so I think here at, on campus I see that play out in the people who are choosing to carry that on with them and that's usually coming from like their cultural background or their racial background or like their queerness and like how they want to bring themselves into like the work that they do mm-hmm. so I don't know if that answers anything but that's how I see like what I bring from my community into like other spaces here yeah Yeah. and then kind of going back to your own intersections Mm -hmm. um I guess I just want to know like how the work that you do for these different spaces Mm -hmm. inform each other or if Mm -hmm. they are they remain sort of separate because Mm -hmm. they're focused on different things Mm -hmm. I don't know I think 
it's pretty common, I guess, on college campuses to have these, like, organizations that are either, like, ethnically defined or um, defined by genders or defined by, like, culture in some ways. I think since being here anyway, I don't really know what it looked like in the past, but it almost seems like these different orgs are starting to overlap a lot in the work that we do, which has been cool. Yeah, because I, I, like, a year ago was hearing so much from a lot of different communities like we want to collaborate more like we want to like be in each other's spaces more like be in community be in solidarity more and like you know what does that really look like and I think like for SAC for example like we're an Asian American interest activist space and yet like our main work has been on mental health and mental health is something that's not an Asian American specific activist position or platform or goal And so that was like a really good opportunity for us to be able to work with a lot of different people. And I think that's maybe what people were hoping for when everyone was kind of saying like, let's like hang and let's be together and like work on things. And so I think we see that also in like being able to collaborate with SEIU and like really get ready for contract negotiations. I think that's been something that like has been pretty like Filipino-esque, Asian American-esque led, but not necessarily like I don't know, like that happened very organically and like that movement has drawn a ton of people from a lot of different spaces. So I think maybe it's just the fact that we're seeing ourselves in like many different issues and like really want to fight for a lot of different causes and people that like aren't exclusive to any particular identity. Yeah, because I'm trying to think, I'm like, I don't know if anything that I've fought for on campus was specifically tied to like my race or to my gender like because like yes I guess maybe you could say like when you're fighting for survivors it may be predominantly women but it's not really it's just women so like yeah yeah so I don't know if that answers your question yeah totally (laughs) um and I and then for my last question uh what do you hope for in regards to intersectionality in the Mm -hmm. feminist community at Stanford moving forward or in Stanford as a whole, moving forward, however you want to take that. Mm-hmm. I think it's a chronic, like, issue, and I don't know if we'll ever necessarily see it go away, but I hope that as organizers and as activists move forward in their work, we can acknowledge together that we're all operating in this greater white supremacist and capitalist and patriarchal society that as we're defining what we want our world to look like, when we're operating with one another, I think we have to always remember to keep that in mind. And I think that's what makes our organization strong. And that's what makes our activism strong is that we're not just fighting for the future, but we're building it as we're doing it. I think to me, that means like not putting all the emotional labor on women of color, (laughs) maybe. Not thinking that a woman of color is always going to be the one taking notes because nobody else is picking up the slack at the meeting. Not assuming that, yeah, the people who are going to, like, pick up the chairs at the end of an event are going to be the women of color who are going to say, oh, it's okay, like, I I just want to do it anyway, you know, whatever. We see that pop up in a lot of really, like, simple ways but like it adds up and like if we are really like trying to overthrow the system or whatever I think we have to do that in our daily lives as well.
Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next week where we speak with Jessica and Celine about their involvement in Hermanas at Stanford.